And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. It is me, Cam Edwards, and guess who I have with me across the desk tonight? I don't know who. Uh, it's you. Oh, there it is. Hey, me. it's hey, you, Miss E. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm tired. I'm feeling kind of off, but, you know, it's nothing I haven't been through before with the different other chemo, immunotherapy, blah, yada drugs I've been on, so. Yeah. So far, um, it seems that, because this is now day two post your treatment. Yeah, I've only had two doses. Right. So. So, but you're 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 up and about. Yeah, it's cumulative. It like I know it's cumulative. So, it's one of those things. So we got time before you get knocked yeah. out. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because this this time around. So, um, if you've been following along uh, since we last talked, uh, it was official. Missy did get into the clinical trial. In fact, we found out the day before. Yes. <laughs> right. That it was official. Um, so you've kind of done this regimen before, where it's. It's an immunotherapy drug and it's a chemo drug, but it's different than what you've done before. Yeah. First off, both the drugs are different. Um, one of them is uh, the immunotherapy is given every three weeks via infusion therapy, which accesses my port. Um, that one has been used for uh, non-small cell lung cancer before, but it hasn't been used in coordination with the chemotherapy drug that I'm taking, which is now an oral pill that I take once a day in the evening. Um, that has actually been used for like renal cell carcinoma before, something with the word renal in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so the combination of the two is what the what's we're going to see if it works or not. Okay, but. Usually what happens is I, I go every three to four weeks and I get all the drugs infused on that one day. Right. And then I'm sick for a week and then I feel a little bit better and then I go back. Well, I don't know how this is going to work because it's infusion therapy every three weeks. And that can cause nausea and other bunch of side effects that I don't really feel like having to go into. Just yeah. it's, There's a lot of there's them. It's lot. just like the last time. And then the chemotherapy does too. Hair loss, hair color change. That was a new one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, nausea, diarrhea, constipation. I'm like, oh, yay. Uh, so, but again, that's going to be something that I have to take every single day now. Right. So I'm not, I'm just, I'm stealing myself up, but I'm taking advantage of the fact that I don't feel like crap now to, you know, cook, make bread and make dinner and yeah. stuff. So You made a wonderful dinner tonight, by the way. Pork chops from our own hogs. Yep. Asparagus with hollandaise sauce. That was a treat and a surprise. With eggs from our own chickens. Nice. That's why it was so That's bright was yellow. So bright yellow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was really tasty. And then, and then, what was, and then rice, rice pilaf. pilaf. That's okay. right. So, I like the rice pilaf. It was I mean, good. It's a good side. And you know, it's like, it's in my family, we always, you'd cook to the color wheel. We ate to the color <laughs> wheel. My mother was cooking dinner. But there was always a vegetable, a meat, and some kind of side dish, some sort of carbohydrates, rice, pasta, stuffing, something. So, yeah, I, I cannot get that out of my head still. It's weird when I make a meat and two vegetable dishes. It feels like I'm cheating. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that. And there definitely is a color wheel. Like, there's got to be some green, and there's got to be some, you know, brown meat, and then there was some red meat. and or, yeah, or, or some color meat that doesn't, right? you know, everything has to look good. There's got to be a good balance. And I always hate it when I make something like, oh, I don't know, mashed potatoes and chicken and corn. It tastes great together, <laughs> but man... 
It's all one color, so it's not good. <laughs> well, tonight was delicious, Thank you. Uh, as always. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm feeling a little under the weather uh, as well. I got the, uh, the, the convention crud. Like, as soon as I stepped off the plane from Indianapolis, as soon as I walked outside of the airport in Charlottesville, I got that little tickle in the back of my throat. And I coughed a couple times. And you know, that first, that first tickle, like, you know you're sick. And you feel fine. But you're just like, uh-oh, it's coming. Yeah. And it's been now almost two weeks. And I'm finally starting to feel a little bit better. But, uh, oh, man, my nose has been stuffed up. My ears have been stuffed up. You managed to give Annoying. it to Kid 4. I know. I feel really bad about that. <laughs> homeschool kid who never gets sick. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you can blame Dad for that well, I've been giving him. I, I gave him the immune booster jelly thingies. It's mm-hmm. like the extra. They're, they're ginormous. And they're intensely orange flavored. But as soon as he was telling me that because he didn't he doesn't like to take medication right um and truth be told i don't like to give it to him either i remember once when he was really little we gave him some cold medicine i swear to god i thought the kid was gonna have a seizure he just acted so weird with it i was like never again yeah so yeah yeah so other than uh not feeling so great things are uh pretty good here around the the farm yeah over uh, on saturday do we talk about it did you talk about this already nope this just happened right this last just happened saturday. last saturday it's been a long couple of days <laughs> it has been um so saturday we managed to get all so the first surprise is that every single tomato plant that we every single seed that we planted germinated yeah like it might have crapped out it might have been a little puny but every single type of tomato germinated so we yep. ended up planting 15 types of tomatoes in five raised beds and they're grouped by threes. And what's even more amazing, so first it was amazing that they all germinated. Right. What's amazing is, I don't think we've lost any no, they've since been we transplanted them. With, between the addition of the peat moss and the cow manure to the raised beds that had you know kind of been spent, mm-hmm. give it a good mixy mix, um, get them in uh, at a good time. And then we just got so lucky that night because we had that like long, super, not too terribly hard soaking rain. Yep. And I think it just completely drenched all of those nights because the, they're what, 18 inches deep? And yeah, we filled them to that. the brim with dirt. Yeah, they were about a half full. They were so we added about nine inches of you know peat moss, peat moss and, and cow poop. Right to an eight by what is it four by eight? It's Forty now they're like they're almost like four by four feet, but they're just slightly short. Okay, there's like four feet by thirty six inches or something like that. Okay, not thirty six inches, like thirty nine by forty eight. Okay, so it's, it's like an off rectangle. Yeah, um, but yeah, we did we did that with six or five of the plants. The the fifth the sixth bed. Actually, we, we um, planted cucumber seeds in place, uh, pickling and a slicing, and I thought I was being clever, and I took a picture of the raised bed with the <laughs> seeds on either side of it, so I, and I just, I just you know, lost the packets. Uh-huh. When I went to take the picture, to check the picture, yeah. the sun was so bright that I couldn't read what was on each package. Uh-huh. So I have, I'm gonna have to look up what we bought so I can figure out what they look like, so I'll know that these are okay to eat raw, but these are the ones that you pickle. <laughs> <sighs> but they're doing great too. They've already, you know, when so when you when you get the cucumbers first, they sprout and they've got just like a double leaf. And then when they get that third leaf, which was like the, the jagged edged one, then right? you know you got your cucumber. Plant. And and then after that, it just starts you know vining up. And uh, and and I, again, I don't think that I think every seed that you planted has turned into a plant. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we'll probably I pulled, have to clear some out. Uh, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to. And I already pulled out two that were coming up outside of the chicken wire enclosure. Okay. So I was just like, whoa, but I, yeah, we're going to have to go in and thin. So that was the other component of uh, putting everything in the raised garden beds was we also had to chicken and cat proof yes. and rabbit proof yeah. the, the, the raised beds. So that involved wrapping all of them in chicken wire. So we got uh, this, a fence post for every corner. corner. Yep. 
and then I banged in the other uh, fence posts, um, and then Miss E started wrapping everyone around with chicken wire, and I followed behind with the roll, and we actually had a pretty good system down. It yeah. didn't take us too terribly long no, to do it. It didn't. And then um, I buy bamboo skewers to support the pepper plants, and then I just use that really soft Velcro loop and closure stuff. Mm-hmm. You can keep, if you cut it to a certain length, when you're done at the end of the season, just stack it onto itself, and then you can save it for next year. Until it gets dried out, you're good to go. But anyway, I buy that, um, and I use, uh, they sell like b- big, big bundles of three foot tall bamboo sticks dried bamboo steaks mm-hmm. basically together at Lowe's for really cheap so I bought a couple of those so once we got the chicken wire all the way around to the corner we didn't want to tie it closed to make it permanent because right now um, the tomato plants are really small but eventually I'm going to have to go in there and I'm going to have to run string between the, the corner fence, fence posts post to right. drew the Florida fence so that they have something to grow up on because the chicken wire isn't going to be good enough or yeah. heavy enough for it to grow up on. So right now that's just more like a, a protective outer cover until the tomato plants get big enough so that we can just go ahead and run them through the Florida fence because the cats and the chickens aren't going to go through the Florida fence. They'll peck at things on the outside, but the cats are going to stay away. Um, but anyway, so we didn't want to make a permanent closure. So what I did was I took one of the bamboo skewers, overlapped the chicken wire, and sort of just did a thread through, sort of sewed mm-hmm. it through and stuck it in the ground. So easy to undo, easy to do. Yep, it's worked great. Yeah, I haven't seen anything in there other than the plants. I haven't either. <laughs> now, I will say the other raised beds that we have that are kind of off of the other side of my office, we've got beets, we've got two beds of carrots. The carrots, I was, we're not doing anything for a long time, but they now finally have their little parsley tops. They're starting to go. Yeah, they're really The beets are looking good, but I noticed that some of the beet tops look nibbled on well i've already disappeared yes oh. and i i have noticed uh mr rabbit uh hanging out so with several rabbits hopefully this weekend uh we'll the rain will wrapped. hold off and we can get those wrapped too and that way they're protected so uh the garden yeah i'm, I'm pretty pleased the peppers which we were last time I, I talked i said i was afraid that we were going to have to make a lot of tomato sauce instead of hot sauce this year but we've actually getting a lot of plants it there, just needed a it took a while but it Probably just needed a good couple of really good hot, moist days. Yeah. Not too wet, though. They likes it. It they're kind of they gotta be that certain dry, certain mm. hot. But they, but, you're right. They're they're starting to look better. They're not quite ready to go in no. the ground yet. But, uh, no, but, but we actually have the the garden ready to go. It's yeah, been rototilled, and uh, we need to get somebody out there to clean up all the crap that they cleaned up for well, us. Well, that's true. Like, but how yes. on earth did you think that that was going to be acceptable? I know. Yeah, guys, clean up all the landscape fabric <laughs> and just leave it in piles all around the garden. Our Thank 18-year-old so and his friend asked <laughs> if they could earn some money, so we said, sure, go do the garden, and then they yeah, you did about 80% of it, and then uh, left the you know, the detrius that yeah. they had picked up. Thanks, so, guys. Yeah, we'll have to, they, they got to finish the job. They got to close. Yeah, right? they got paid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then as far as the other uh, critters go, everybody's doing really well, actually. Yep. We, we revealed the corny goat farm girls, boys names on Instagram and I think on Facebook and people got a crack out of them. So, yeah, so we have seven girls. We yep. have one boy. Right. And we have basically, what is it, three... To we have triplet girls, triplet girls, and boy-girl twins. Okay. So the three girls, the first set of twins are... First set of triplets. First set of triplets, excuse me. It's been a long day for me, too. Yeah. First, first set of triplets are... Corny Goat Farm is in front of all of everybody's name. Mm-hmm. So we have Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup. Okay. The second set of triplet girls 
are Marsha, Jan, and Cindy. <laughs> and then the boy-girl twins, we were kind of like going back and forth, back and forth. Well, of course, they're Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yes. Because what else are you going to name baby Nigerian dwarf goats? So, Boy yeah. Little Twins, right. Exactly. They're all doing great. Uh, a couple of them look so much alike that I really got confused. I thought somebody was the, with, with the wrong mom the other day because Chico really threw a lot of strong brown mm-hmm. in with this batch. So there's they're crazy black, brown, white speckles, splotches, and solids, but they're not a solid one amongst them. I have to say that the buckling is probably the most symmetrical. He's really pretty. He's brown. All four of his feet are darker, and he has a stripe that runs down his back, like a little dorsal fin, just like Shark Boy. <laughs> so it's perfect. Yeah, so one of the things that I guess we're kind of, uh, a couple of things with the goats, we're probably going to have to get their, uh, get them dis- disbutted here. Yeah, I actually grabbed uh, the three oldest girls who were born on the 15th and or the 12th of april whatever they're already starting to nub up so i gotta grab them um and make an appointment for the vet i'll probably see if i can just get them all rounded up somehow and bring them but i think it'd just be easier to take the three girls that are the same Mm -hmm. throw them in a crate take them up then you know week later bring the next three the last two because they're spaced out enough right in size and age that they're not gonna the boy he's gonna be the most problematic because the boys they they're they're, uh, I think it's the testosterone that helps to grow them quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just keep an eye on him. But he's the youngest born. So right. he was born at the end of the month, uh, like the 28th or the 27th of April. And so. then the other thing, which is, you know, just kind of contingent, I guess, on, on how you're feeling is, uh, you know, the plan was we were going to milk right, but everybody. Um, but, you know, if you're feeling up to it, I guess. So we've got to, f- we got what? Like, we got to start bottle feeding them, right? If we're going to. If we, if we, well, we don't have to. I mean, we can pull the moms and they can still feed the babies because no one, they're all getting old enough that they're eating other things. Mm-hmm. Usually, what I was, what I would do when I, you know, before all this cancer crap reared its ugly head, um, we take the babies from the moms at about two weeks old and we bottle feed them, making sure they got at least twenty four ounces of milk, and then we just made sure we just milked all the moms and mixed all the milk together. Um, that way, as we sold off the kids, and we get, the moms were already used to getting milk twice a day. And we'd get more and more milk for us until eventually all the babies were weaned at eight weeks old. And we do a water down the milk thing to make it less palatable for them so it makes it a lot easy. But we, we, by eight weeks old, we usually get them all weaned. And then all the milk is usually from the moms is for us. Right. So is that still what you would like to do? I would still. Well, it's too late for some of them to get pulled at four weeks. I'd like to give this medicine like at least probably... Until the next time I have my next infusion, that's another you know another two and a half weeks, mm-hmm. and then see how I feel overall. Okay. And then make a decision then, because I would like to milk, but I also don't want to get everybody started and then realize that we can't manage it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we can help out, but. But, but it's two a day. It's morning and evening, and you know it's right. schedules. And what if you're gone? And how sick am I? And what if you know. Somebody's got something going on with school and stuff. So, yeah, right now it's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's a firm maybe. It's a firm maybe. Um, so I think that that gets us caught up on all things farm. Oh, but, it, but but you didn't let me tell people. So it was funny. When I was in uh, to the doctors and we were talking about the weekend, I said, I got 15 types of tomato plants planted. And the nurse practitioner looked at me and she said, I didn't even know there were 15 types of tomatoes. <laughs> and I said, 
Well, I only got 15 types. I said, there's way more. I said, but as far as I said, I said, I got different flavors of types. I said, so to be honest, I have uh, two beds with paste tomatoes and that's six different types of paste tomatoes. So they have different properties. Mm -hmm. And then I have one bed of slicers, which are, you know, eaten for sandwiches are perfect for bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Um, one's a Cherokee purple, which is like a beefsteak. Yep. And that Amish gold slicer. Yeah. And then there's another one that's red. And I can't remember what this one is. Okay. And then the last two beds are my favorite. They're the little, the littles. The little cherry the, tomatoes. The cherries the, and the small pears the and the saladettes, the ones mm -hmm. that are like, you know, Two bin, two inches long, the right. bumblebees and the and the tigers. So yeah, yeah, those are the those are our they're favorite. Be you're pretty. right, and they're going to be right outside our bedroom window, so we'll be able to see all the different pretty oh, nice. tomatoes outside. Our I bedroom like window. the smell of tomato plants. Too. I do too. And and the the cool thing about those little the little ones are you know you just get like a big salad bowl, and every day you just throw them in the big salad bowl and yep. you can, you know, grab a handful and wash them wash off them and off. just, you know, pop them in your mouth. And it's, it's awesome. It's and like, they're like snack ever. And then we've got, yeah, cause we've got uh Hartman scale of gooseberries, but I'm pretty sure we've also got the sun golds. Sun golds. Yep. So yeah, if everything, yeah, if everything sprouted, then we've got sun gold. Yep. Those are, those are like the really sweet ones. They're almost like candy. I mean, they just don't even taste like tomatoes. Now, some of them I love to look at, especially the grapes because they Whereas a, a regular big tomato just sort of grows hanging on the plant. It's like it's one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, with some of these grape tomatoes, they actually grow in like grape-like clusters. And so there'll be like eight tomatoes all growing together, but they'll be at various stages of um, ripeness. Yeah. So the biggest ones will be red now towards the end or I can't remember which one get how, how they do it, whether it's the closest or the furthest away get ripest first. But it's so cool to see one strand of tomatoes but all of the stages of ripe it is yeah no you're right it's it's it, and i'm not sure does it do does it grow the same way or does it ripen the same way for every plant because i swear that i've seen somewhere it just it's you know it's kind no, of no some of them some of them are are willy-nilly some of them it's you know uh, as the taller the tomato plant gets it, it's uh, especially since ours are almost all of the ones that never stop growing. Mm -hmm. The stuff at the, the bottom just keeps getting bigger, but it keeps starting smaller in fruit and gets keep getting bigger as it gets taller. But with the grape tomatoes, they have like whereas a tomato would just be hanging off of the of, of a branch, their whole branch is a whole cluster of tomatoes, like a bunch of grapes. Right. Okay. So they are different than the bumblebees. They're different from the tigers and the Hartman yellow gooseberries, which are all singular. Okay, I got it. Well, right now everything is just green, but it is the, it's like the explosion of green. It is the time of year where everything is growing so fast. Like I'm used to, so when we lived in Oklahoma, oh yeah, you get about three weeks of spring and then it was summer and it was hot and the grass would die. Right. And you know, you, you had, to, had mow to mow like once a month, right? right? And by July, you stopped mowing. Yeah, you didn't have to the, mow. Because the yard was dead. Yeah. This is like the green death. I mean, that's why we called... Uh, one of our hot sauces, Freckles Green Death, because it was green. But I always think of like this time of year is just like the green death. Because if you did not cut back, it would just completely take over everything. It the would. yard would just subsume you. Yes, it would. And they're the weeds. are. We don't really have grass. We have a lawn full of flowery weeds. And so they grow really quickly. Like... I was, I amazed myself the other, when you were at the, when you were at SHOT and I mowed the lawn. In our annual meeting. Oh, that one. Yeah, that, that, sorry, other one. Um, the annual meeting. I mowed the lawn and I thought I did a really good job. Took it at a six. It was nice length. Not just the next day, I walked down to get eggs and those buttercups had already been like, they had grown like two, three <sighs> inches overnight. I was like, 
how the hell did that? I know I ran you over. How on earth did that happen? But yeah, yeah it was amazing. It is crazy. So I'm, I'm struggling right now to keep up because it rains on the weekend. Like that's, that's also this time of year is like, oh, it'll be nice during the week. And then Saturday, let's dump a half inch of rain out, yeah. you know. So it's impossible to mow right. all of this thick, luscious, weedy grass. The thing that, the that is bugging me, though, something. is that so the back part of our property, which is where we go shoot, and, and it's kind of down by the creek area. It, it's, it's, it always is the part that floods because it's down by a creek. But... We've had so much rain and we had such a wet winter that I swear half of it is now turned into like a marsh. It's not it's not getting dry. It's just still soggy wet. I've gotten the uh, the lawnmower stuck down there. I wonder if we need to cut some of the trees back so more sunshine gets in there. I I don't even No, I mean, I don't think so, because this is like in the middle of. It's just how it's draining, I guess, and it's oh. just you know it's just well because we've got the comes such a from low the hill, land. yeah. It has a dip, and then it goes to the creek, and it almost has to go up to get to the creek a little bit, right? Yeah, so so it's gonna take a while. Yeah, it but it it <clears throat> we should maybe sucks. put a pond there. Uh, see, you've been talking about that, but I know. <laughs> I, here's the I, I worry. It accidentally became a pond. <laughs> yeah. See that we got to keep that stuff off the podcast because if the EPA starts listening. Like seriously, puddles we can't, we can't become navigable waterways, and then all of a sudden you get shut down and crazy we, stuff like that we happens. Can't afford so. to put a pond in. No, we can't afford so to do that. Don't even think. And plus, that's not even a big enough place for a pond. Not really. Well, It'd be a really. It wouldn't be a very big, wide pond. Remember that a, pond at the one house that we first put in? That was like a three-acre pond. That's yeah. a pond. Oh, I know. That was a big pond. That was nice. <laughs> I liked that. That's the the one thing that I wish we had yeah, on a, the property that we don't have is a, a nice pond. nice big pond. Yeah. I do have pond envy. When we drive to Farmville, there's a house that we drive by. Oh, yeah. And they've got probably a three- or four-acre pond, and they've got a little diving dock yeah and it's really 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 nice and, and every yet, time i see I it never ever i've ever, never seen ever anybody seen nope. anyone doing anything in there except for fishing once oh yeah i just yeah. once one once. time in like six years in the past year i saw somebody fish and i thought dear good that's the first time i've ever seen anybody doing anything in this pond our, our 18 year old also has a friend <laughs> whose family has like a compound Basically, near us. Yeah. I mean, no, it is. Because it's like, there are like three family. generations of families, and you know, maybe not generations, but there's the patriarch and then like two of their kids. Uh, so it's like three or four different houses. Yeah, there's, an, there's a sister in law and the uncle and the grandfather and the grandpa or the great grandfather or the great uncle and the grandparents yeah. and the parents and the son. And, but yeah. They have like a five or six acre pond and it is awesome. And again, I have pond envy and you, and have, again, to you have to drive by it. You have to drive through it. Oh, there's a little bridge. Much yeah, to, get, go to get over to their property. So you're like, the first time I did it in my big old truck, I was like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, he has a lot of fun because they actually use their pond. They have kayaks and stuff. So right. he, he's come home soaking wet from hanging out up there, over there. So I yeah. have no idea if we ever did have the money for a pond. I have no idea where we would like have to put one because our, our, the way our property is, it's just it's so... probably down in that little valley over there. And then we'd have to shove, cut it off to the cows next door. They couldn't use it anymore. Yeah, you'd have to definitely do some fencing. You'd have to build stuff up. It is interesting. Though. I mean, again, like, so that little valley in one of our pastures where the, the where our neighbor's cows go, um, when I was down there a couple of weeks ago, again, there's there was a lot of it, oh, erosion gets, yeah, over the, the winter because of the water. Yeah, there's like a dry comes, creek bed. Because of where that... It, where that tree line is on this side of our mm-hmm. property, I'm, and I'm pointing this side, and it's the uh, east side of the fa- of our property. 
um, that there's a, like a little valley in it. And so all the water is going to come rushing down the hill, that yeah. is, and then just wash down to the creek, which is probably why another reason that's not getting very dry. Because we have the same thing going on the west side of the property. Remember, there's another yeah. little creek bed down there. Because we even found there must have been a significant source of water at one time because there's an there's old, an old a pump, pump still station. there. Yeah. 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 And that's not even down at the at the big creek creek. That's right. a real creek. This is something this that's is kind like of more a, now dry. Now it's a dry but creek, but yeah. I bet it wasn't dry before. No, I wonder if they had a, a little dam or something at that point. They or, must have. They probably had something set up. That's the only thing I can think of that would, you know, be able to run electricity or or, or water to there. It probably right. was just a self-operating little thing. We did have a couple of uh, cool farm keology <laughs> discoveries. That's what I call when you just uh, are either, you know, we have a dump that we can root through, yeah. but also when the when we've got hogs and they root up the ground, they uncover a lot of stuff, but the goats do too as they nibble down the grass and they nibble away trees. What you find is that a lot of the, the trees that are kind of older on the property grew up because somebody threw something on the ground and then didn't mow around it. And so a tree grew up around it. And so at the base of a lot of these trees, cinder blocks, cinder blocks, car parts, Uh, you found a, a really cool Dodge. No, you found the Dodge front grill. I found uh, an, a hood ornament that was pretty. Oh, that's right. Somewhere in the house. Um, what else have we found? I found a knife. I found really week. cool bottles. I found a completely intact gallon brown Clorox jug. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's and a couple of other ones. There's somewhere in the house. We it's, it amazes me. We we actually find intact bottles, but there's. Uh-huh. All, I mean, there's still a tractor down there. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch of other car parts. It's like, uh, does anybody know some archaeology students with some metal detectors want to come <laughs> check out a really crappy, weird dump? But, and when we first started digging our garden for the first time. Pottery. Yeah. Shards like, of pottery. I think that was just from the lab. Maybe they just used that as a shooting Like a area. little skeet shooting or yeah. something. It could be because it was like. It's all broken pieces. Oh, it was, it was little shards. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was and it all wasn't busted. new. I mean, it wasn't old. There wasn't no, really, it wasn't like super duper old. No, maybe, you know, early 1900s, some of it, but nothing like that you could figure out anyway. Right. We tried to save a couple. We started trying to save stuff and then we realized like, this is not going to work. And I think <laughs> this one is just a terracotta flower pot anyway. Okay, let's get rid of this, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the first time you find it, I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then like the 80th time you find a piece, you're like, oh man, I really, again, what were you guys doing down here? Yeah, you know? especially the car parts because I found... Uh, cables and side mirrors and um, uh, uh, metal coils. This is all Mm -hmm. from when the hogs dug up stuff. It's like, I think they said at one point they took away like tractor trailers worth full of tires and car parts from the property. And I'm thinking, oh, they missed a lot. They they did well, you know. Two in one part of the farm, you could tell that they just basically had a backhoe and they just pushed just a bunch of stuff down into, into, a, a, ravine into a ravine, yeah, and didn't worry. That's about where it the anymore. tractor is and the other stuff. Yeah. And then on the other side, we have another ravine where they and it wasn't old. It was the previous owner. Apparently, they used to have like a other shed, mm-hmm. and he used the tractor and bulldozed it down into the woods on that other side of our property. Yeah, so, that still annoys me because we could have used that shed. It was, uh, yeah. apparently it was It wasn't a bad shape. People were like, I don't know why Barry did that. And okay, everybody collectively say, gee, did Barry? <laughs> I got people saying, curses Barry. Well, yeah. I, I, one of these days, I'd love to sit down and, 
ask Barry, what the heck were you thinking with some of this stuff? Yeah, I'm still finding random plastic flower buckets buried in the ground. Like you thought the roots were going to get through the plastic. I know. And now there are holes in the yard that you trip in. You're like, what the heck? It's another plastic bucket. Thanks, Barry. <laughs> All right, so we've got some emails to get to. You want to, uh, you want to do some emails before we have to go? Um, or do you need to go? I probably need to go. i got to take a medicine and then drink some water before I have to fast for two hours. Okay. Well, listen, I just want to, I want to give you a couple of messages. Okay. Okay, so Roy says, uh, you and Missy do a great job with the podcast. Prayers continuing for you and your family. Thank you. And uh, Roy sent along a link to a Virginia festival. Uh, he said it's not huge, but it's a one-of-a-kind festival because we were talking about festivals yeah, yeah. last week, right? So this is the Mountain Foliage Festival. Oh, that would be nice. In Virginia, which I'm guessing is probably not a spring festival. Probably not. Right? We'll have to wait for that one. Uh, that would be Independence, Virginia, Saturday, October the 12th. Oh, okay. From 10 to 3, official home of the Virginia Grand Privy Races. Oh, my gosh. Watch teams race outhouses down Main Street in Independence, Virginia. Musicians, crafts, and food round out the fun of this family event. We need to have an outhouse team. I don't know about that, but that would be fun Your to watch. dad could totally help us build a, a privy racer. That would be so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Roy, thank you for that. That is fantastic. Uh, Brandon writing in. Let's see. Uh, it says, I feel like you and your wife are a part of my life. You two are an inspiration in the battle that you're fighting. I want you to let you know that I'm praying for you as well. Oh, thank you very much. So uh, we've got more from Brandon, but I, I, again, I'm just trying to get, get through these for you. Thank and then you. we'll let you go. Um, Bob uh, writing in. And he says, you both are in our thoughts and prayers every day. I truly believe in the power of prayer. We will keep praying. You both keep fighting. This is a battle that can be won. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I really you. appreciate you. All right, so we'll let Miss E go, and uh, we will continue on with some emails here. But thank you. I'm glad that you are feeling good enough to, to be with us tonight. I know that everybody, it's a much better podcast when you're here. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're oh, welcome. Don't forget to say, don't forget to make things. I always do. Okay. All right. I That's love you. I love you. All right, so we'll continue on with uh, with Bob's email. It says, uh, it was nice meeting you, Cam and Indy, during the NRA annual meeting. I appreciate you took that a, a few minutes out of what I'm sure was a very busy time to speak with me. It was nice to touch base and chat for a moment. It was nice to talk with you, Bob. I, and and listen, I, I that's my favorite part of the NRA annual meeting is getting a chance to actually talk to people. Um, I, I like looking at the new guns that I haven't had a chance to see, but I... I don't know. I'm a people person. I, I, I would much prefer. I don't, I don't really much prefer because I do like my looking around at the gun stuff. But I love it when I get a chance to talk with folks. Uh, and, and thank you for taking the time to come up and introduce yourself to me. Bob says we were blessed with a granddaughter shortly after the annual meeting. She, mom, dad and big brother are all doing fine. We, of course, are beside ourselves. Aspen is granddaughter number two and grandchild number seven overall. Holidays with kids, spouses, and grandchildren have exploded for us. Joyful noise to be sure. That has to be really cool, Bob, to, to make that transition from, you know, the, 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 the parent with the kids in the house and then maybe a couple of years of the empty nester and then now getting those babies back in the house and uh, and they're not yours. So, you know, you don't have to deal with them at four o'clock in the morning, uh, which is the, the best time to not have to deal with a baby. That, that That's awesome. Congratulations, Bob. 
And Bob says, between building the new house and the heavy spring rains, I've been unable to prepare the garden for planting, uh, nor have I even started seeds. I just started early on this year. I'd go to a family-owned nursery and buy plants this year to uh, shed some of the workload. The plus side of this, the recently received drawings for a new septic system will place the fingers where I've had my garden the past three years. So the rain saved up having to prep twice. I've decided I'm going to put in a few raised beds, have a fairly small garden this year. I may not understand God's plan, says Bob, but I think he has it figured out. And I just need to trust him. We're heading out to Richmond soon, he says, for grandbaby number six's baptism. We will wave when we sort of pass Farmville. Bob says, I enjoyed the 20 years I lived in Virginia and always enjoy coming back. The people are genuine and show true Southern charm. Plus, Bob says the barbecue is great. Well, I will uh, wave as you sort of pass Farmville as well. When you are in Richmond, Bob, or the Richmond area, uh, I would recommend Q Barbecue. And I'm not sure... If you're going to have time to head out about, I don't know, it's probably about an hour and 15 minutes from Richmond. Uh, But there's a place called Gordonsville, Virginia. From Richmond, you'd head up I-64 towards Charlottesville and then exit off on uh, Route 15. And you take uh, 15 north about, oh, let's see, probably 20 miles or so to Gordonsville, Virginia. Uh, And in Gordonsville, there's a place called Barbecue Exchange which is some of the best barbecue I have ever had. There is uh, there, there, there are really two barbecue restaurants in Virginia that I would put in my top five. Uh, one is Myron Mixon's in Alexandria. They have the best pulled chicken I've ever tasted in my life. And I'm not a huge fan of pulled chicken, but every time I go eat at Myron Mixon's, that's my go-to. I got to have the pulled chicken. Uh, in Gordonsville, get the sliced brisket or the pulled pork. Uh, and they do some amazing desserts as well. So if you get the chance, Bob, I know that you're not coming to the state to eat barbecue, but uh, but if you do get the opportunity, there you go. Barbecue Exchange in uh, Gordonsville, Virginia. Uh, back to Brandon's email who says, uh, greetings from Central Pennsylvania. I've put off emailing you for a long time. My apologies, says Brandon. It's been a... Uh, uh, I said I started listening there. So I wrote a few years ago. He said, it's crazy to think that I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning of 40 Acres and a Fool. That, that is kind of uh, not crazy, Brandon. I, 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 I think that's I think it's pretty cool, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm honored by that. Brandon says, I appreciate the front porch style of the podcast. I feel like you and your wife are a part of my life. You two are an inspiration in the battle that you're fighting. Brandon says, I want to let you know I'm praying for you as well. I know I already read that, but I'm going to read it again because I, I really appreciate it, Brandon. Uh, each and every one of those prayers mean so much to me. Brandon says, I finally got my garden planted at the end of April. I hope your carrots come along well. I grow carrots every year, and every year I am still impatient with how slow they grow. Yeah, you know, I am too. And I so this year, one bed in particular is, quote-unquote, early carrots. Uh, I think it's supposed to be 57 days. I, I, I don't think it's going to be 57 days. That is also the bed that is still not doing that great uh, for whatever reason. The, the bed of the carrots is probably going to take three months or close to it. That one's doing a little bit better. But, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, Brandon. I, we've, we've tried to grow carrots every year. We've always gotten a few. But I have never had what I would consider to be a great crop of carrots. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You know, we've tried, like, a little bit more shade, a little bit more sun. We've tried... Uh, the uh, the tape uh, for the seeds instead of just you know uh, 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 casting the uh, seeds 
And again, it doesn't really seem to matter. Like we just don't, I just don't have a great deal of luck uh, with carrots for whatever reason. So I'm hoping this year will be different. I hope that uh, this is a good one, a good one for you. I might actually be calling on you, seeing if uh, you've got any to spare later on this summer. Brandon says, I know that you're also a minor league baseball fan. My family, he says, attend games to watch our Altoona Curve play teams like the Richmond Flying Squirrels. The Altoona Curve is uh, it's one of those great minor league baseball names. It's it's and it's a railroad based name, right? Uh, you wonder like why why they call the curve. I'm curious, Brandon, how far away the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs are from you. Because there are two minor league baseball parks that I want to try to get to this summer. I don't know if it's going to be possible, but I'm really going to try. Uh, one is the aforementioned Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. The second is down in Georgia. Uh, by the way, Lehigh Valley is up in Pennsylvania, uh, Allentown area. And it's a play on pig iron, which was, you know, big part of the, uh, the steel industry. Um, and the other uh, ballpark I want to go to is uh, down in Macon, Georgia. The Macon Bacon. I love that name. How can you not love that name? And it's an independent baseball team. I'm actually uh, on their mailing list. I, I, I've i gotten so many emails like over the past couple of months of, hey, reserve your season tickets and hey, opening days here. And because I bought a Macon Bacon hat because, uh, of course, I bought a Macon Bacon hat. But uh, I, I, I'm not close enough to be a season ticket holder, unfortunately. But hopefully I will be able to get down there at some point uh, this season. I've not I've not actually been to a minor league game yet this year. When I was in Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Indians were out of town. I've not had a chance to get over to Lynchburg, uh, to the Hillcats, or to Richmond for the Flying Squirrels because it's been kind of a crazy spring so far. But um, but again, we seem to be settling into a bit of a routine now and one that is workable, one that is doable. So hopefully... If I can't get up to Pennsylvania or down to Georgia, hopefully I can at least get over to Richmond or Lynchburg to go see a baseball game here before long. Uh, Brandon also wanted to write in, so I want to let you know about a local festival that I attend. Uh, it is also, interestingly enough, a fall foliage festival. Uh, this one, though, in Bedford, Pennsylvania. He says it's held the first two weekends in October. I love the food, the bluegrass music, and the live demonstration making fresh apple cider. He says, hope your festival in Farmville is not too wet. It was not actually, it was amazing. The, the rain held off all day uh, until the evening hours. We've got another local festival up in uh, Buckingham County this weekend. And I don't know how that one's going to work out. But, uh, but, but the Heart of Virginia Festival actually went off without a hitch this year, which is, I, I know it's great for the downtown merchants, great for the Chamber of Commerce, uh, and great for the attendees, because, yeah, it's been like the last two years. It just hasn't worked out that well. Brandon says, keep on living life one day at a time, and I will keep tuning in every week. Brandon, thank you so much, man. Don't be a stranger, but I do appreciate the email, and uh, that's exactly right. Keep living life one day at a time. That's the, what you got to do, right? You know, I, I never really, that you, you hear that phrase, living in the moment, and I never really thought about what that meant. Uh, in fact, sometimes I thought, well, that's kind of stupid. I mean, you got to plan for stuff, right? But I, I start, I, I think I've started to realize what it is to live in the moment. And it is not to uh, not think about the future. It is not to not plan for things, but it is to appreciate what you have when you have it. Chances, well, look, one way or the other, um, there's probably going to come a day where, you know, Missy or I are, are not in great health. 
where we can't do the things that we love to do. And I know that Missy has already started to face that a little bit. She doesn't have the strength that she used to have. She doesn't have the endurance that she used to have. But there's still a lot that she can do. And you can you can think about the stuff that you can't do or you, you can no longer do. You can get lost in what, what's going to happen a month from now. What's my life going to be like two months from now? And, and, and when you do those things, either you live in the past or you live in the future, nothing changes. You, you don't change the past. You don't change the future. And you certainly don't change the present. Except that you miss what you have going on right now. So I, I think that, uh, Brandon, your, your advice is really good. Uh, and it is something that I think both Miss E and I, particularly since this, um, you know, last diagnosis of the, uh, the chemo is not working and we're not really sure what to do anymore. I, I think that we are consciously cognizant uh, of every day that we have. And we try to make the most of it, even if it's a normal Thursday, we got to go to work and we have to pick up the kids from school. and We got to walk dogs and everything else. We make the most of that. I'll give you a perfect example as we uh, wrap up the podcast. Last night, I'm walking the dogs. It's about 10 o'clock at night. I walk out the driveway and I'm walking up uh, in between the two pastures and the fireflies are back. And I've noticed them coming back over the course of this week. Sunday, I noticed the uh, the first couple, and there really were just you know two or three flying around. Um, by Wednesday night, it, it looked like a rock concert in the pasture, just lighting up all over the place, uh, up to the you know horizon and into the trees and down into the valley. It was just it was it was. If you let yourself get your breath taken away, it was breathtaking. And I allowed myself to soak it in. I think even Zelda was kind of impressed by it. Like she was just <laughs> looking at the fireflies too. Uh, she's just slow. Uh, and I walked back with the dogs and I told Missy, e, I said, hey, I said, the fireflies are out. And she said, no, it seems kind of early. I said, I, I know, but they're really out. Come out with me. And um, we walked out back to the uh, the same spot where I'd been a couple minutes earlier and I took her hand and we just stood there in, in silence and we made a memory right there we we lived in that moment and it, you know it wasn't on the one hand it wasn't much of a moment we're standing in the middle of a field <laughs> at night watching bugs right but it was a pretty magical moment. And it's one that I will remember uh, in the weeks and in the months and in the years ahead when I need to conjure up a memory of Missy and I. It's one that I will hold dear and I will treasure. So yeah, make the most out of every day. Be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and make stuff. And. By the way, send us emails at 40acrefool at gmail.com. Uh, follow Missy e on Instagram at Corny Goat Farm. You can follow me on Instagram at Cam Edwards. And you can follow me on Twitter at Cam Edwards as well. 
Have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for being a part of our lives. And we will talk to you soon here with more 40 Acres and a Fool from Blaze Podcast Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 